welcome to December's edition of the, uh, sorry, December's very festive edition of the Hopcast Half Pint. I'm James. And I'm Adam. And we've got a lot to talk about in uh, in this month's um, Half Pint. Let's crack open the first beer to start with because we've got an eclectic selection. I do like that word. An eclectic selection of beers tonight. So first of all is the one that I've brought, uh, which is I think it's a little bit Christmassy. This it's not it's not actually advertised as a Christmas beer, but it's got cranberry in it and it's got nutmeg in it, and they are you know quintessentially Christmassy. Yeah, it rings Christmas to me. That definitely. so this is uh, Marble Brewery, who are over in Manchester. It's the a cranberry and ginger dark sour. Uh, had a couple of dark sours. Before I always find them quite intriguing. They're different. I'm interested to see how dark it actually is. Whether it's more like just a red one, a little bit more kind of cherry coloured, cranberry coloured. I'm thinking it's <laughs> going to be kind of like a real kind of deep ruby sort of colour. Are we ready? Yeah. Here we go. Oh, it is a little bit. It's a little bit like that Castile Rouge was. It's not like a Belgian soury red. Thank you. So yeah, colour-wise, it's actually probably what I thought it was going to be. It's kind of like a real deep ruby sort of thing. Go for cherry cola. Yeah, there's an element <laughs> of cherry cola to it. So um, this is kettle sour dark ale with cranberry, ginger, orange and nutmeg. And it is 4.1%. Um, that's nice. It is nice, yeah. It doesn't. The flavour's a lot more subtle than I yeah. expected it to be. It's quite, it's quite, um, quite refreshing actually. Mm. Much lighter actually than it looks like it's going to be. It's quite tart. It's really tart for like. Um, I guess I'll, yeah, you're right. I think I got a little bit of that gingeriness on the nose, but then as I've tasted it, I'm getting more of the cranberry and that kind of. Losing some of the sort of uh, aromas from it, but it's really nice. It's just really drinkable. Yeah, the orange doesn't particularly come through, but you can mm. kind of tell that it's there. It gives it something. You can see that the orange kind of carries through some of the other flavors. Same with the nutmeg. Actually, it's not mm. it's not particularly noticeable, but it would taste different without it. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, quite like that. Um, right then, let's talk uh, brewery news first, because we have a new brewery coming to Sheffield. Now this doesn't happen all that often so we need to make a big deal about this we've got a new brewery coming and um, and it's um well it's unusual this because it's a husband and wife who are uh, have come all the way from boston uh they've been brewing in the states for 10 years and they are relocating to sheffield and they're opening a new brewery with a tap room in attercliffe which is not known for its range of uh, breweries at all. I think it's been known for many things over the years as Attercliffe. It used to be kind of like a bit of a factory foothold, and then there was a bit yeah. of a clubbing scene out there for a bit. Um, so maybe it could be about to become kind of you know the next big thing when it comes to uh, breweries. Now, this there's many ways that I could get this name wrong. So it's St. Mars of the Desert. It might be St. Mars of the Desert, but it's um, yeah St. Mars of the Desert. Don't know what it means. Um, but this is quite exciting so this is going to be um, I don't know if you've seen the pictures as well but it looks um, pretty decent 
there was news about it, maybe like, oh, I'm thinking maybe about a year ago when they were first looking at um, somewhere more between Abbeydale Road and London Road, that kind of where the antiques quarter is. Right, okay. Um, and then it kind of went a bit quiet. So it was only until recently we saw some things, some activity on Twitter that it's kind of like, oh, right, so that, that must have fallen through and it must have been, they found a new venue. But yeah, it's quite interesting to have a tap room out there, particularly because as much as it's not really that far, there's not really much in terms of like a drinking scene out there. It's weird, isn't it? Because you, the kind of drinking scenes now are so kind of micro down that even, I mean, we're going to chat a little bit later on about um, uh, a new, um, it's not a new venue, but a new venture by the team that run the Rutland. And I was thinking about that, oh, is that a little bit out of the way compared to everything else? And you think it's, it's about a two minute walk from some of the places yeah. you'll be going. Attercliffe, ah, it's kind of like, I mean, you'd have to make a special journey there, wouldn't you? You would do, yeah. I mean, tram possibly. I think there might be a stop that goes towards Meadowhall um, if you're coming from town. So if you're coming the other way, then maybe you could get on to Meadowhall, a few stops down. You could, there's that option. Right. I'm sure there's probably quite a lot of buses that run between be a lot of towards buses. Meadowhall. I imagine it does go that way. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Um, and it is walkable from town. It's just not yeah. the, the kind of time that you're going to be likely to want to go to a pub and I hope I don't offend anyone by saying this <laughs> probably not the time of night that you want to be walking through Attercliffe because the, there's not a lot there after dark because it's quiet, no, no, uh, quite and, quiet. You know, it, it's, it's had various reputations over the over yeah. the years, Don't know. I, I honestly don't know what it's like now um, but I, I find that interesting that you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be one of those places that you've got to kind of make a special trip there but the, you know, we've had other places like that before and they've worked Um but whether, I don't know, it, it could prompt a whole new kind of like little mini area. Yeah, it's making me want to kind of revisit what we talked about back when it were kind of first talked about, because I think there was a little bit, little bit more information about um, the two people who were, you know, whose venture it is, so maybe it's time to sort of revisit that and have a look. It would um, certainly be an interesting one for us to pop yeah, along and do yeah. an episode from. A bit of sediment in the bottom of that one. So Marble, um, who I always feel are probably a brewery that we don't feature enough on the um, podcast, because I think they're a great brewery, yeah. Marble. Um, <clears throat> Dark Sour, what's your previous experience of Dark Sour? I think not really much. I think in that Castile Rouge, that Belgium one that Sean did on episode one, was probably a fruity kind of, but a lot that's a lot stronger. Um, this is much more in your vein of what you kind of get in these kettle sour beers now. Sort of like four percent, quite sharp but quite easy to drink. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd happily drink that again. Um, probably not quite as festive as I was thinking it might be. Not even the no. same. It's not a festive beer, but the ingredients kind of hint towards it being a little bit. It's got a wintry kind of yeah feel to it and a wintry taste. I don't, I don't know if I'd imagine drinking that sat out in the sunshine. I don't know. Have you put sours away for for, for the year now? Then are they they're locked up in the. I've got a few, um, interesting, there's been like two or three Christmas sours this year. Uh, not including that, there was the Christmas Crick that, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I forgot what they're called. There was the, is it Gy- Gypsy? Gypsy Hill. Yeah, uh, that they did, which was like a cherry sour. I don't really know what it had to do with Christmas. But when I was drinking it, I was thinking about Christmas. Um, I've not drunk it yet, actually, but Cloudwater have done a cranberry and papaya sour. Mm. Which again, not marketed as Christmas, but because it's got cranberry in, mm. and it just my first thought was just that that 
feels a little bit Christmassy, so I'm saving it as part of my collection of Christmas beers that I'm just saving for you know, until a little bit close to the time. So, um, no, I think in a lot of ways, sours, last year it felt like sours were all about the summer. This year it feels like they've gone a little bit more kind of all seasons. Yeah, I think there's people getting more used to it and seeing yeah. them. It's just... There's um, a market there. Yeah. Right then, um, we've got three beers tonight. That was that was the small one compared to the others. Um, so the other it. two, both ones that you've brought. So yep. tell us about um, the first one. Well, this is a new one, which I didn't even know about, but because my friend Matt, who does the gluten-free pint thing, um, it's a new beer from uh, Acorn Brew, which is Wunwell, uh, Barnsley. Um, oh, for years, they've always been very, very good IPAs, kind of around about 5%. And I remember drinking a lot of cask of that in the past. And they're very good at... Um, Picking a country and just doing single hop varieties from different countries, so they'd like Slovi- um, like Czech ones, like French ones, German ones. So quite nice to have this nice base beer and just see what different countries hops did. So I always think they're like very good. I don't drink as much of it now because I think they've, they've fallen into more the more traditional kind of side of things. Um, but what they've brought out this week is a it's a six point three percent IPA, which is gluten free. Um, it's got Idaho Seven, Mirillo, M- M- Amarillo. Uh, Chino and Equinot hops in it. Um, it's in the big 500 mil bottles, so 6.3%. Um, so right. I'm quite interested. I thought, you know, it's quite local, it's new, and it's nice to see people embracing this gluten free thing. Be interested to see if it has any impact on flavour, which I imagine it doesn't. No, um, I can't imagine that it, that it will do. Um, drink much? Yeah, good. No, I've not drunk any Acorn stuff for ages. Um, which, you know, is daft really because they are local. I mean, we've got enough breweries in Sheffield to probably not have to venture too much further afield if you wanted a local beer. Um, but I know, I mean, I've not gone drinking Barnsley for ages, but I know like the the old number seven, that's... Yeah, it's their, they do a lot their, of brewery. I think that's their tap. I think, yeah, yeah, I know they always have they always have their stuff on. Always hear good things about that. Um, and there are certainly people that swear by um, Acorn's beers, definitely. Just, I'm just interested that it's got, they've gone in for a 6.3%, which I always find... Yeah, you don't you don't tend to get it with these kind of uh, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn. More traditional breweries mm. tend to go for the lower ABVs, don't they? Yeah, I mean going back to my friend Matt was gluten intolerant. Like it, the big one that first came out was Phantasma, which we covered, which is in the six percent range. And as much as he loved that as a beer, and I love it as a beer, it's a great beer. To have a limited range of beers and you're having to drink six percent plus, yeah. and that's all you've got. It does seem a bit of an odd choice to go in something quite high when you think. Why it's going something at your five percent range that you would have done before? I wonder. If, I wonder if this is a mindset from breweries that they think uh, that making it gluten free is, is is in some way going to hamper the taste of it, therefore ramp up the percentage to make up for mm. it. My my understanding of the whole gluten side of it is it, it makes little if no impact on no, the actual taste. Usually, I think most people add this enzyme called Brewers Clarex, which just strips it basically eats the gluten, I think, and it takes it down below a, a level which is. Uh, acceptable to call it gluten free or to not impact on most people's digestion I suppose is it yeah. <laughs> um, yeah that first taste it's not got much aroma but it's got like a really nice bitterness to it um, it's much different to kind of popular sort of east yep. coast stuff but, um, but it's not sweet in any way it's quite it's quite dry for a 6% I was going to say it's quite dry um, and quite a traditional taste but not mm. not bland definitely not bland um i think it, it was a massive shock coming from the sour onto that and my first mouthful <laughs> i thought oh i'm not gonna like this 
Um, having had a few gulps of it now, yeah. um, it's actually quite nice. And I've just devoured basically half of it. In yeah, you <laughs> You're not going to drive later or anything, have you? No, no. No, I, 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 I took one off Matt earlier and I thought, yeah, I really want to feature that. And you were quite keen to see what we thought of it. And um, I'm like, ah, oh, 6%. <laughs> so when you get a little bit further down, you can you can taste the strength in that. Yeah. It does taste it quite, mask it does bit. taste strong. Yeah. It doesn't taste like boozy, boozy though, I don't think. That kind no, of I don't think so. I think it just tastes like it's got a, a bit of backbone to it. Yeah, yeah. Which is nothing wrong with that. I mean, all the um, the fashion at the moment is for the stronger beers to really hide their mm. ABV. Um, whereas... We've talked about Halcyon before about a beer that's seven point whatever, and and it screams seven point something. Yeah. Um, and and that I think that's fine. I think sometimes you know people are going to want a beer that's got a bit of strength. You don't you don't drink vodka because it just tastes like <laughs> a, you know, a bit like apple juice. Do you? <laughs> no. uh, um, so there's always going to be people that um, yeah want to uh, want to have something that really carries through that that percentage. Uh, right, we've got some venue news. We've got a lot of venue news, yep. plenty happening this time of year. If you remember, you recall kind of going back um, probably th- maybe two, three, maybe even four months ago on the um, on the half pint. Maybe it's not that long, but it just feels like <laughs> it. Um, where we talked about quite sad news, actually, with the Sentinel Brew House closing down. Uh, well, it's back open. It's back open, yeah. Um, it just kind of all of a sudden got this sneaky little tweet that said... Um, was from them, and it said, uh, rumour has it, um, we're opening up again, uh, which is a little bit of a teaser. Um, so I think it's been open two weeks now. It's open on a Wednesday to Saturday, I think it is. Um, so at limited hours at the minute, which you can kind of understand. They're probably not trying to take as many risks as um, they might have done before. Um, it's under new control. I think someone's come and bought it out. So um, that does mean that they are going to have to rename, because obviously they've gone bust. So Right. Um, they are doing some quite good deals on some of their cans and things of takeaway and to drink in. Okay. Um, you can buy four pint pitches of stuff, quite reasonably priced. So I think they're trying some new new things. Um, I don't know if the, the kitchen doesn't seem to be open, but it does look like they are brewing. So yeah, um, it says on the website that the, f- the food will be back in 2019. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, you're talking very limited opening hours as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's Wednesday, Wednesday to Friday Saturday. night. Yeah, yeah Wednesday, Friday. And, yeah. Um, and then all day Saturday. And it's available to book for a function on um, Thursdays. Which, by the way, if you are... Um, I mean, I know it's pretty close to the big day anyway. But just for anything, if you're looking for somewhere to hire for a function, it's a brilliant yeah. place for that. It's a really good place yeah. for that. I don't know if they're still doing what they did before, whereby they've got the little classroom thing and you can have like yeah. a little course in beer stuff. Um, but if if you are looking for somewhere, it's well worth inquiring about that. Have you got any ideas for a name? New name? Um, <laughs> Tenticell. No, I haven't. Um, I mean, they should... Should, should they play on? Because it, it did become a bit of a kind of like a... A Sheffield United football kind of thing. Should they play on that a little bit and go a little bit down that route? Mm. Something involving steel, maybe? Yeah, I've heard a few people sort of talk about phoenixes, you know, rising from the ashes. I don't know if, oh, that's, right, I don't okay, know if that's a negative yeah, yeah, that, thing. That, or that like, works, yeah. Um, um, so do we know anything about who it is that's um, involved the, in this? It is a company. I, mean, I think it's I think it's Kavanaugh or something, but there's not much... Um, being right. kind of talked about in terms of, I don't think it's from a particular like, brewing background or anything. It okay. just sounds like they have had some involvement with a brewery, but they were not kind of. So it's almost like a new venture. So Alex is still there. Um, oh, so okay. It's, it's not taken over, taken over, but obviously, as a director of company, I think when you go, bust it's complicated. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they're probably 
doing what they can to keep Alex in charge of as much as he can without crossing any yeah, fair <laughs> enough. lines. I did. I, sh- I probably should have talked to. I did. I, I saw Alex at the Les Car, which is my local, last Sunday. Uh, but I was deep in conversation with someone, so um, I, I didn't go and sound sound him out. I could have got all the, I could be here with all the yeah. information, knowing exactly what's going on. If <laughs> he's still, he's to, very uh, limited on what's kind of available, obviously because they're not open as much. It's quite difficult to work. Yeah. And I suppose some of it's probably still quite sensitive or unknown at the minute. So it's just it's nice to see that they kind of they've, they've come to some agreement. And it was you know it always they always said it was available for someone to purchase, but it was quite I suppose it was quite a big period before anybody sort of took a, yeah, took a chance on it so yeah. you know it was looking like maybe it wasn't going to resurface um, but yeah it's, it's good to see you know it's another Sheffield brewery that's you know fought back yeah it's a great building I'm, I'm pleased that um, it, it's still going to be used for what it was intended for because yeah. it would have been such a shame if, if that had just been left to kind of go to wrap into ruin um, so news that's quite local to me over on kind of the Ecclesall Road side of the city. So the Nursery Tavern, um, which is, I think, generally considered kind of like a bit of a studenty pub, but, yeah. you know, all right for a beer, particularly in the summer, nice big beer garden. Um, so um, I, I, would, I would say a fairly long overdue refurb that's taking place now. I've not been in since it's been redone. I don't know if the beer offerings are any different, but it has got a big thing above the door about kind of craft beers and stuff. Um, so, um, you know, it might be that... Oh, they always used to have moonshine on. They'd always generally have punk IPA on. Um, but it is good. It's good for... I, I've always kind of gone towards Notre Dame for a couple of things. Firstly, during the summer, I think the beer garden's great. And uh, there aren't many places on Ecclesall Road that you can watch football in that aren't full of knobheads. So um, it kind of ticks <laughs> that, that box tiny as, as, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm pleased about that. I'll, I'll report back properly when I go in to actually sample some um, some actual beer, but it looks good from the outside. Yeah. Um, another, um, this is not a, a, a refurb, but a bit of a change for a really well-established Sheffield venue. Yeah, it was, um, yeah so um, Kellam Island Tavern, which you know, a bit of a Sheffield institution um the owner there was trevor has been there for you know i said he's been three decades he was a guy who took it from um, in the early 2000s from like a nothing pub to going in within a year or so winning pub of the month um cameras pub of the year in sheffield and then basically went from 2014 all the way to 2018 so this year with the exception of 2013 unlucky for some um, being sheffield's pub of the year camera pub of the year every year um, they won Yorkshire Pub of the Year in 2004, uh, so these are all under his reign. And then, most famously, they won the Camera National Pub of the Year um, two years running, so 2008, 2009, wow. which has never ever been done before or since. Yeah, so, it's an achievement. Yeah, so you know, obviously, he's you know left it in capable hands of um, Josh, who um, who was the Blueberry Blue Bee. I can never Blue say Blue Bee, <laughs> Blue Bee which we spoke to on the podcast last week, and uh, Louise Singleton. Um, so he claims that they're in, it's in capable hands. So I mean, I'm sure it is. Um, yeah. You know, I think maybe it just needs a bit of new life in it. Nothing wrong with it. I yeah. Don't know if how often you go in or not, but um. I, I've not. I've not been in for a while. It's draw. I mean, Kellam Island's an interesting case, isn't it? Because it's it's changed quite a bit in the last kind of two three years in terms of what route you can take. So you know, I'd kind of class you know fat cat. Kellam Island Tavern, maybe the shipping. It's kind of been like there's a traditional route, yeah. maybe even the riverside falls into that. And then there's kind of like the new, kind of slightly funkier route yeah. as well that you can 
do. And I've got to I've got to kind of put Shakespeare in that bracket as kind of like the the newer route, which is daft because it's been there forever. But from a beer point of view, like you've got um, old workshop. Depending when it is, you you might have peddler on. You've got church. Um, you've got um, stewards. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. The new place that has opened next door oh, to the church. Cutlery, cutlery, cutlery works. works. Yeah. You've got that, um, and then yeah, you work your way. You've got bar stewards, and obviously Shakespeare across the road. Um, so you've got a lot of quite different choices. It does mean that for uh, generally speaking, for me and my mates on our kind of Kelham Island route. Uh, Kelham Island Tavern, uh, Tavern's really kind of dropped off the... It's a bit of a skip. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's dropped off, which is unfortunate, really, because, as you say, it's um, you know such a institution in Sheffield, mm. and it's no kind of um, you know, um, slur on it as a, as a venue at all. But, yeah, maybe it just needs that little bit of something to, to push it up. And to be fair to you know Josh and, and Louise have been involved in the beer festival in Sheffield for years... Um, Josh generally kind of creates, or certainly this year, created the majority of the beer list for mm. Sheffield Beer Festival. So that really would make you think, oh, actually, this is going to be a place that could be quite exciting in terms of what beers they'll have on. Definitely, yeah. Uh, I think the, the one thing I've always thought about it is it's got such a range of good cask beers. It doesn't have any, it has maybe one keg option, which they've added more in the last couple of years. Just yeah. to, But I think I've always missed it because it tries to tick a box for all styles. So you'll have like a, a porter, or, you know, a mild, or, you know, a traditional one. So if you're really into one sort of style, you go in there, you maybe only have one or two options because yep. they try to, you know, to tick all, tick all boxes. Which but what's the solution to that? And this this is an entire podcast <laughs> of its own, isn't it? This is why I find it really interesting in the last few years that the swing towards quite a few places that are stocking more in terms of bottles and cans. Because you go in, if there's something you don't want on, on cask or on keg, They'll have it in the. They'll have something yeah. in the fridge that you can go for. Which, ten years ago, I think having a bottle or a can out of the fridge in a pub was almost like it was just unheard of. No one did it. It's a bit of a slap in the face to the, like, the landlord who was keeping the. Yeah, beer yeah, yeah. Well. It was always <laughs> if you wanted the low alcohol option or you wanted the, you know, whatever it might yeah. be. It, that would be like, oh, that's in the the fridge. Or it would be like, oh, we don't we don't have Budweiser on keg, but we've got it in bottles. Yeah. Um. Now, you know, you think about. Some of the, um, I'm trying to think of a really good example of somewhere that you go in. I mean, I guess the micropubs have made a huge difference. You think about Bar Stewards and Ecclesall Ale Club. Like, you go in there, it doesn't, it honestly doesn't matter what they've got on the bar. Like, if there's something that, that really grabs your attention, then great, but you never have to compromise because there's always going to be at least three, four, five things in the fridge that immediately look at and think, oh, I, I, I want to try that. Yeah, I mean, for, I think they really just come round to actually looking at the bottles and cans in fridges at the same it with the same kind of interest as on the bar. I always think like it kind of feels like you're cheating a bit or you're not really but you know there's so much good beer in bottles and cans now yeah, but yeah. it's just it is a natural you kind of you kind of pull towards the bright shiny uh, bright shiny labels. <laughs> you still check the bar before anything <laughs> yeah, else. Yeah, I try but, to. Yeah. But I'm certainly in the habit now of, yeah. of seeing what they've um, what they've got behind the bar as well. Uh, right, what else we've we got going on? Um, we've got uh, a new micropub in Hillsborough, Brass Monkey. I think we may have touched upon this at some point mm-hmm. um, in, in a previous episode. This is interesting because from a, if you are a Sheffield Wednesday fan, as we both are, uh, this is very close to the ground. Uh, and Hillsborough has you know some pretty decent pubs. It's not renowned for its choice in terms of... Um, beers. So you've got a Weatherspoons pub, all right. Um, there's the 
Hillsborough tap. tap. There's the Wednesday beer. tap, which yeah. obviously is great in yeah. terms of the fact Thornbridge beer. Match day, just a little bit of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riverside Cafe is great. Yeah. New Barracks Avenue have opened their new um, uh, kind of beer fridge room, which is not the right phrase for it. <laughs> and I apologise to Steph because I know she's got a name for it and I can't remember it. Uh, we are going there in 2019, so we'll certainly get to know more about about that um, and that's really really good but this this is quite a welcome addition I've not been in yet I don't know a lot about no. it um, I'm told by a friend that it's a really great little pub it probably just needs to up its game a little bit in terms of the beers that they've got on yeah. but I can't really comment that's just what one of my friends has said to me um, so yeah that's, um, that's that's something that's quite exciting uh, and we, we teased this ever so slightly earlier on but big news about Chris and Kit from the Rutland, who'll be known to a lot of our listeners. Yeah, they snuck something on Instagram, maybe I don't know, maybe two or three weeks ago, about them becoming innkeepers. So um, they've signed a lease on what is currently a sleep hotel on Scotland Street. So Scotland Street, for anyone who's not familiar, is kind of oh, it's where the uh, Marco Pierre White kind of restaurant on the corner. It's, it's, it's a stone's yeah. throw from Bar Stewards and, um, and, and Shakespeare. Um, it's been kind of a, a little cheap B&B place for a while. Um, I think it used to be a pub called the Old Crown Inn. Uh, yeah, it did, yeah. I, I, yeah. So I used to live at Metis, which is one of the big apartment blocks there. So you've got Metis and the Velocity Tower yeah, Velocity yeah, Village. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure which yeah. one. Um, and the Old Crown Inn was actually my local when I lived oh, there. But... Um, Went in a couple of times. It was one of those places that had huge potential that you kind of think, this place just needs someone that knows what they're doing to really yeah. put some TLC into it. And that was the best part of 10 years ago. So this is an interesting development. It's pretty much bang outside where I have to get my bus home as well, which is <laughs> frightening. <laughs> yeah, it said that we... Um, I think that it's still in the early in the early days of like sorting things out, but um, the, I think the plan is to have the downstairs area as a pub and continue to use it upstairs as a, an eight-room hotel, kind of a boutique hotel. Um, so I think just watch the space on that, really. Um, yeah. So the, there's going to be no change to operation of uh, Rutland, so don't worry about that. Um, but yeah, it's something a bit new. And it, like I said, what you sort of mentioned earlier, it's that bri- it's another pub that might bridge Callum Island from town. It's just that one yeah, it's couple hundred yards close, yeah. extra closer to town. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah looking forward to seeing what happens with that. Um, I noticed that I've I've now finished my glass of the oh, um, Acorn IPA, which I did. I, I, the more I drank it, the more I enjoyed it. I do think it is. A, it carries. It does carry that booze pretty well. Mm. It's nice. It's bitter. Yeah, good. It's not that good to have another gluten-free option in there as well. Uh, beer number three is also picked by you. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Um, I, you, you, we all see it. We got if you've got a big Tesco near you, or even a little Tesco. Um, every so often, it seems like they completely revamp their kind of, we'll call it craft offerings. And um, around about the same time as they started stocking Green Mountain and Frodo Device, um, I mean, they've always st- they've always um, stocked quite a few good kind of craft cans. They introduced this beer, which is um, a vocation brewery beer, which, like I said, they, they already do some vocation ones, in collaboration with Yeasty Boys. Um, and I heard some really good stuff about it on um, on Twitter and stuff, so I thought it should probably get one. It's called Breakfast Club, and it's a waffle and blueberry stout. Smells amazing. Um, I mean, I'm absolutely loving the other one. It's, this is in the big cans, and it's strong. It's 6.9%. It's £3 a can in a supermarket, so it's top-end for supermarket price cans. 
but it is it's it's interesting. It's really interesting. Considering style and percentage, that is crazy cheap, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely I, mental, crazy cheap. Really the, the other one that they've got, the bright. You're looking these bigger, the bigger Tesco ones, like the Tesco extras. You're, you're kind of looking in those stores. Um, it's got interesting kinds, of, like a white can with like a waffle on the front. Um, but um, yeah, there's the other one that they do, which is the seven percent um, New England one, which is a vocation one, which is absolutely incredible. I've got it in the product. fridge. I've not drunk it yet. <laughs> you keep telling me how good it is. Yeah. It's, so this has got. Um, uh, blueberry, blackberry, vanilla, and cinnamon are the kind of unusual ingredients that you wouldn't expect to be in uh, a beer. I thought it'd be a good one to do, like something slightly off the wall. Which, if people haven't got a local bottle shop close by, they've probably got a big Tesco nearby. <laughs> so, wow. So, blueberry, waffle, and blueberry breakfast stout. Uh, I get both those tastes actually. Yeah, it's nice. And get waffles, and get blueberry. And a bit of maple syrup there as well. Yeah. It's not overly it's sweet for a strength either, is it? Sometimes you can get these sort of dessert called do they call them pastry stouts or desserts desserts? Dessert stouts, stouts definitely. Laura's your yeah. lady for that kind of stuff, but um I don't think it's overly sweet. I think sometimes you get that kind of sickly ones when it gets when the strength goes up, but at six point nine percent that really doesn't that really doesn't Carries up pretty well. Yeah. Um other stuff for us to talk about. Uh, well, this is probably more one for you because you know more about it than I do. Tickets now on sale for Hop City. Yeah, I got a, a message the other day because um, I've invested a little bit of money. Um, they've released their like sort of pre pre launch ones. I think it was yesterday or the day before when I think it's kind of going out. But they're um, forty nine pound a session, and it's the back end of April, I believe, um, for their for like four hour sessions uh, running from Thursday to Saturday. I think it's the it's the third week. I think in in in, um, in April. Um, so I remember, but um, I've not been there yet. But it, it's the first time I've kind of thought, is a beer festival worth fifty pound for a few hours? That's a lot of money. So is that um, does that include anything? It doesn't seem to. No, I, mean, I just got the kind of initial email, assuming that I'd been before a bit. You know what I mean? So it was kind of get your tickets now if you want them um, right, on okay. the pre-launch. So, but um, they were they were all listed at forty nine pound. Which I don't know. I assume you get a glass, but I don't know whether that includes any sort of. Um, uh, I that's that is insane. It is forty nine quid yeah. just for entry into a beer festival. Um, I mean, how? Where's I mean, we should probably just um, before we say what we're about to say, <laughs> just say that we, we're not absolutely. Sure. If that includes your drinks as well, because uh, there are these there are these ones, don't there? That that are. Uh, you pay this amount and all your drinks are, are included. It's not Tivoli's uh, in Rotherham uh, where you see ten pound uh, all in. Uh, uh, if it's if it, if it's genuinely forty nine quid just for the ticket, and then you've got to buy your drinks on top, that makes it an insanely it expensive does, yeah. uh, beer festival. And you would think if it's all inclusive, that it would be to make a big song and dance about that. Yeah, surely. I mean, it's become one of those things, hasn't it? Where it's it's one of the. It's kind of like the other indie man essentially. They do the dark city as well, don't they? Which is like the dark sort of beer. But, yeah. Um, so yeah, just just click. Just having a look now, but I don't want this dead air. But um, I mean, it's just something I've definitely been interested in. It just says general admission for like all, all three sessions run for forty one pound. So info. Right. It doesn't say. It does. It, I, I assume. 
I assume it's not doesn't include any drinks. Okay. Maybe people can tweet us if they've been. Yeah, 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 let us know. We we apologise unreservedly if we're wrong <laughs> on that. And, if, it's, uh, if it's all beer, brilliant. If it's if it's forty nine quid and that includes your uh, beer, then that's that's pretty good value. Uh, but that does seem yeah, that does seem pretty high. We'll we will we'll check this out further and we'll report back in January. It's also an early bird um, charge, so assuming wow. it goes up. <laughs> Gosh, it it is quite a um, kind of like the the coolest of the. It's up there with Indie Man, isn't it, in terms of how cool it is? Yeah, you can imagine that the beers are turning out there and the breweries that they're featuring are just at the peak of that. You know exactly what the punters are wanting. There'll be some yeah. really really like fresh ridiculously hopped IPAs I imagine yeah. <laughs> yeah fair enough uh, right a couple oh right um, this is shameless plug time a um, couple of things firstly uh, we've launched a new podcast yeah, we uh, did. which is the official podcast of Thornbridge Brewery it's called Beer Here Now um, which always sounds it sounds it rolls off the tongue that but I always think has anyone actually heard what I've just said <laughs> beer here now um so um yeah wherever you normally listen to podcasts you can check it out or um beerherenow.co.uk and um it's just us two generally talking about thornbridge beers getting some of the thornbridge staff involved as well so if it's a brewery that you're a big fan of then um check that out the other thing to mention as well uh, and this is another completely shameless plug uh, we have now launched our first sheffield hopcast sponsorship packages so if you head to sheffieldhopcast.co.uk slash sponsorship then you can have a look if you are uh, involved with a venue or a brewery or um, maybe neither of those, but you've got a big event coming up. doesn't need to necessarily be in Sheffield, uh, but there are various packages that you might want to have a look at on our website. So sheffieldhopcast.co.uk slash sponsorship. Um, right then. Um, so has it got a name, this beer? I'm not I think it's called Breakfast it. Club. I did. Breakfast Club it is, yeah. Uh, so Breakfast Club, what are your thoughts? I really like it. It's I mean, I, I, I said before, I'm not really into those overly sweet sort of breakfast styles, ones, especially ones that are like super boozy, um, but that doesn't do either of those things, but in a good way, I think. I think um, I don't think you really have to be into that style to quite, kind of enjoy it. And they've probably done that on purpose with being in the supermarkets. I think it, I don't know if it's an exclusive supermarket one. Um, Oh, well, a lot uh, of the ones you see in supermarkets now tend to be that, don't they? Just an exclusive collaborative brew with our friends at Yeasty Boys, but it doesn't say it's our friends at Tesco. So, I don't know. <laughs> I've not seen it anywhere else. Um. No. Uh, yeah, nice. I mean, the description is um, indulgent, full-bodied stout, sweet, multi-body, mm. topped with rich fruit flavours. It's breakfast in a can. Mm. And here's us having it at nearly six o'clock in the evening. I think it'd make a good Christmas day beer somewhere. Just you know. Yeah, it probably would actually. Yeah, if you want to skip dessert, just have one of these. Good. Probably be my favourite beer of uh, of mm. the three, I would say. Um, so all that really remains now is uh, for us, hopefully in a better fashion than we did on the last edition of the podcast, <laughs> uh, to um, yeah, to just kind of say Merry Christmas. And uh, thank you for making 2018 a brilliant first year. Uh, we wouldn't have been able to do all this without the great support and the lovely, um, the lovely comments and feedback that we get from people. So thank you very much. Uh, we've got plenty planned for 2019. Yeah, we've. It's gonna be good. Yeah, are we giving any teasers? Are we keeping that? 
Well, uh, what I've written down is lots planned for 2019, including our first proper away day, recording in a caravan, <laughs> uh, recording in one of our houses for the first time on the main podcast. We recorded the first half pint. I, I mean, actually, we got ridiculously <laughs> drunk in my kitchen on the first yeah. half pint that we did that was two hours long. Um, most importantly, and you've got to help me here, as I'm not sure really what to call this. So there's, I see it as two options. Is it the Euro Hopcast Song Contest <laughs> or is it the Hopcast Vision Song Contest? Hop Vision. Or the Hop, Hop Vision Song, con- song Contest. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit, right. it's a little bit snappier. So slightly. the inaugural Hop Vision Song Contest... <laughs> Uh, which will be in May, uh, are among the uh, the highlights to expect yeah. in 2019. So if anybody who enjoyed the World Cup one, there's a little slot of, little hint towards that. Really. Yeah, but you see, I've got a plan for this. It's going to in, it's, it is going to include dressing up. All right. Uh, this will go down quite well with me and you, That's I imagine. Fine, yeah. I think Laura will be fine. Sean is going to absolutely fucking hate it. <laughs> Which is why you absolutely why you hate it. You got away with Christmas uh, jumper, so um, we did. Yeah, it's the only thing we can do. To but he's going to get he's he's going to get Sweden, so he's going to have to find a good Swedish beer and come dressed as Abba. <laughs> uh, as and Abba. I, I will only accept if he comes dressed in somewhere or other as all four of them in one. Mm. That's that's my thoughts. <laughs> so if anyone's got any nice blonde wigs. Um... Yeah, any any of that, yeah. Um, so that will wrap us up for this edition of the Half Pint. A bit longer than usual, but we've had quite a lot of stuff to talk about. We've had three beers, um, and we needed to cram a bit of time in at the end to um, just generally abuse Sean. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for making 2018 a great first year for us. I hope you've enjoyed the shows as we've gone along. As I say, we've got a lot planned for 2019. So um, have a brilliant Christmas and a very happy new year. Merry Christmas.